What's up, what's up, fam? Welcome to a brand new podcast called Frog Flicks. I'm Angie Van Houston, one of your three hosts. Hey guys, I'm Michelle. I am a senior journalism major here at TCU, and I think one of my favorite, favorite movie of all time is Goodfellas. I'm Richard Edgman. I'm also a senior at TCU. Uh, I think my favorite director is probably Guillermo del Toro. After his recent Oscar, I gotta represent my boy. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Uh, my favorite director would probably be Christopher Nolan or Wes Anderson, of course. And I'm also a senior journalism and film major. Uh, just a quick little touch on what Frog Flicks is going to be. Uh, Frog Flicks is going to be TCU 360's uh, new source of entertainment, whether it's going to be movies or TV shows. Um, you can listen to it and just have a good time with us. We're here to have a fun 30, 40 minutes, I don't know, of all that, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where it all goes from here. Um, so, first off, we're each each of us have brought in an article that we kind of wanted to share. So this segment we're going to call Tales from the Trade. Um, so I'll share kind of my article first, and we'll just talk about it, have a good time. Uh, if you have any comments, just feel free to leave a comment of your own. But the article I decided to bring in was one from Variety, and it has to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, as many of you guys know, uh, James Gunn is no longer going to be directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and a lot of the stars have a lot to say about it. Uh, for example, Dave Bautista has kind of been saying how Guardians is kind of just not, it's not going well. I don't know what y'all think about that for sure. I mean, yeah, you have to agree. I mean, all the support that's been kind of coming out of all the cast, and they also had that kind of time break before they, you know, you have that few days. I think that added a little bit. It wasn't like I'm just instantly defending it. Mm-hmm. But you can also understand Disney has a bigger kind of market reach. And, I mean, James Gunn has always kind of been like this indie director. I mean, you had like Slither, got his start in Troma Flicks. I mean, so... He kind of probably knew he, the Disney relationship couldn't last that long. I mean, if you're him, you're not thinking, I'm going to be here for decades. <laughs> it's a bummer because the Guardians franchise is doing so well. And especially when like you have a cast and crew who want to work with somebody specific and Disney's not going to bring him back no matter what. But I also think it's kind of weird to continue on. I wouldn't do a Guardians 3, maybe, or at least put it on hold. Um, but the, I just think it's funny, too, that um, Dave Bautista wants to do a spinoff of Drax, but he doesn't necessarily want to star in it. Uh, so we'll I just actually have didn't to hear see. This. Yeah, you didn't yeah, hear no, that. No, I yeah. did not hear yeah. about this. He, yeah. was, he was debating, and he's been, like, one, like along with Chris Pratt and that whole statement that you talked about that they released, like, 10 days later, um, he's been really honest about, I mean, Dave Bautista's been really honest about, like, really wanting to continue with the franchise with James Gunn. And so now he's saying that this the Drax spin-off might be a really good idea, but if he's if Gunn's not involved then he's not gonna do it. So I don't know where I it's gonna go. I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I no. just especially like here what I had from this article I kinda pulled that like like kind of what Michelle was talking about. There's a petition that's been signed by like thousands to like rehire James Gunn. And it's probably not gonna happen and Disney has zero plans of bringing it back. Uh say it Gun and Bautista decide to just go do this own thing on their own. They might have an audience for it, but I just, I just can't see it going 
Well, is it? But does that even become a Drax movie, or is that more like a genre? Right? Yeah. Like it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in the modern era. It's a guy (laughs) who kind of says cheesy dialogue, (laughs) has awesome pecs and biceps, Mm -hmm. and will commit to whatever that director's saying. And there's some writing in between. Like, I mean, it's basically Predator. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) basically, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't watch a Drax standalone, especially if no other Guardians are going to be in the film. I don't know. He drives me insane. I could do a Gamora standalone. A Gamora standalone might be kind of cool, um, especially after Infinity War. Like, I think Gamora would be... I mean, Drax is a cool character to develop. But but he's a foil, right? He needs to be someone... He's like a joke setup. You need you need Rocket or you need yeah. Peter yeah, in the yeah, yeah. And kind of playing off of this man who's like like Groot you can't have a movie by Groot. <laughs> like <laughs> certain right. characters have to have a team. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I would like to see a Yondu solo movie though. I think now, that would that, be worth and, it. And, and, really and so cool. here's the problem though is Michael Rooker who's like best friends with James Gunn. That's the yeah. only way that works. But Drax Yondu spin-off movie. Like putting them both. That now that now weird. that may be a movie. Yes, I would pay for that one. Yeah, yeah I, I don't sure. even. I can't even think of like what the plot. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? We can develop. We can see more of the Yondu Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. You know? and like they're both dead anyway. Spoiler. One more thing I want to bring up about the article I brought um, is kind of like they said. There's so many people who are like. Wanting to happen. What happens if Dave Bautista actually drops? Like he has to. He, well, he has to stay in the third movie. He's contractually he obligated. To. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a deal. So that's gonna look. Marvel has their plans set. Yeah. I mean, how long have we heard about Chris Evans not wanting to be Captain America? Yeah. He's still there. He's still there. Right? Only Robert Downey Jr. is the one where they're like, he's mm, probably, maybe, and that's just a money yeah. issue. <laughs> like, yeah. But it'll definitely be interesting to see, like, where the vibe goes with the third one. I definitely, I, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is probably one of my favorite Marvel movie, and mm-hmm. it definitely had to do with a lot of the directing, for sure, because, and the ensemble itself is just amazing. I do think the ensemble itself could stand alone without James Gunn, but it will be interesting to see kind of where they go. James Gunn also wrote the first movie, right? That is true. And he's still on as the writer. They kept him as, they Mm -hmm. didn't change the script. I mean, you probably have some reshoots, but there's still that hope that that emotional core can still be there. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of the excess we saw in the second movie may get left behind with the new director. Mm -hmm. Exactly. When it's a third one in an in a franchise, it might be a little bit easier, just because it's most of the storyline at least has already been established. You already know who these characters are, um, so it might just whoever's coming in to replace James Gunn might, if everything's already laid out, he might not have that difficult of a time to pull it back together. But it'll definitely be missing the James Gunn touch. So. We just have to see. Well, just have to wait and see. We've got so many other Marvel movies coming out beforehand. Oh, yeah. Who knows where it can go from there? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, that's it on me. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Um, so, as you guys may or may not know, over the Labor Day weekend, uh, we had the Telluride Film Festival, which is one of the bigger ones in Colorado. Um, and it, it kind of starts off along with Venice Film Festival, it kind of starts off like film festival season. Um, And so I just want to talk about a few movies that have been really buzzing. And um, they're probably most likely already 
being considered for Oscar contention. And so the first one I want to talk about is called The Favorite. It's by um, Yorgos Lanthimos, and it stars Emma Stone. It's a period piece. You might know uh, Yorgos Lanthimos from um, The Lobster or... Yep. Never saw it, but it's an amazing trailer. I really Wait, need to see it. The Lobster is one of the best movies. I've heard it's I've like super. Ever like, it's seen. like super British though. Like you have to be kind of in that, like it's it's slang deep like that side of the world. I didn't think it was really? that British at all. Maybe it was just really bizarre. I have my it was a, the most bizarre uh, love story I've ever seen for sure. I have my friend's copy, like literally just waiting at home for me to like put it in. But okay, sorry, no, that's totally no, off topic. No, no. It's no, it's <laughs> wonderful. It's a wonderful film, and you know, um, Colin Farrell wasn't in Rachel Weiss, and Rachel Weiss is actually going to be in this new one, um, The Favorite. So The Favorite is um, set in 18th century England with Olivia Coleman playing Queen Anne. Uh, some of you might know her from her work in Broadchurch, and she's also going to be uh, playing Queen Elizabeth in the upcoming seasons of The Crown. And so um, that one's just, you know, getting a lot of rave reviews. Emma Stone donning an English accent for the first time in a long time, probably. She's getting pretty good reviews as well. Um, so another movie that's making generating a lot of buzz is Boy Erased. Um, it's uh, Joel Edgerton's new film based on a, a memoir by Gerard Conley, and it's about gay conversion therapy. And the star of that one is Lucas Hedges. He was uh, in last year's Manchester by the Sea. And uh, also Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman are supporting actors in that one. So that's a contender to watch, especially since Joel Edgerton is now proving himself as, like, being able to do everything, directing and acting. And he's pretty much one of the big ones of his generation, I think. I mean... But okay. I've seen Blight in the gift, so... Well, well, I mean, well. <laughs> I mean, at least he knows how to do stuff, right? Yeah, I think both what? of those could definitely be contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I've se- I don't think I've seen previews for the Emma Stone one, but, like, Emma Stone, come on. I love Emma Stone, yeah. personally. Yeah. Uh, but Boy Erased, I've, de- I've seen the preview for that, and I think it definitely has an interesting vibe. Is it A24? It might, be an a, it might be an A24. It sounds like It sounds like an A24, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see those, and I think they can both be really strong contenders. Yeah. Another one, I think the one that's creating the most buzz at, of all um, is Damien Chazelle's uh, First Man, the one with Ryan Gosling playing Neil Armstrong and they first in their voyage and their trip to the moon. And it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews from right-wing supporters about not including the... American flag on the moon, oh. but we can just. I really you know. thought you were going for a flat Earth there. I was, oh no no! no I was no, no. yeah. <laughs> like I no, was no, like no 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 no. <laughs> like right wing right wing supporters have not been happy about um, Damien Chazelle not including the American flag and and Neil Armstrong's sons actually came out and defended the movie and said it's not really necessary when this is a feat for humankind. You just need one American flag. That's yeah. all you need in the movie, yeah. really. I know. <laughs> I know. But let's see how it does. I think this is the one that I'm most excited about, especially considering um, his his uh, Chazelle's run with La La Land and Whiplash. Whiplash yeah, this was, was all, so good. This is a completely different run for Damien Chazelle. Yeah. It's funny because it's Ryan Gosling, of course, coming from La La Land to First Man. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I think directors do a good job working with the same actors over and over again. Um, but yeah, I, I love Whiplash. I love La La Land. And this is when I saw the trailer for First Man, I was just like, what is what is, is Damien yeah. Chazelle doing? Like, I'm excited to see where it goes. But I think there's other films I'm also like maybe a little more excited for. But yeah. Yeah. 
The last one I want to talk about is White Boy Rick. It's Ma- it's Matthew McConaughey's new movie. But honestly, it's one of those, that trailer is one of the ones that I watch and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to like this. It's just that vibe I, I get. See, I think I that movie's going to be a lot slower than that trailer. Once, yeah. Okay. I think that trailer wants to go like, here's the last 20, kind of back to your Goodfellas thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a slow buildup and yeah. there's like these kind of moments of violence. But that last 20 minutes is just boom, 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 uh-huh. boom. And that's what they want. But I just saw this trailer for the first time. Like, I was watching the TCU game this weekend, Go Frogs. And it just so happened to be on. I was like, wow, this actually might be interesting. But I totally agree. It might just, like, not. Maybe a little too high. The trailer just sits a I would almost high. like a slow burn. I think because, like, it, the story's honestly. a crime story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And crime stories always work better when that, with that ratcheting tension. Yeah. Right? If this movie comes in and he's balling from the get-go and then it's like, duh, 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 and then I broke free and I'm done and I'm still awesome, almost like a Wolf of Wall Street type situation, right, right, right. then I'm less interested in it. Like, Much less, yeah. But anyway, we'll have to see how these films do in other uh, film festivals. They're not only going to be in Telluride, but they're going to be uh, screened at TIFF and, and others uh, down in the rest of the semester. Uh, so we'll just have to see. it. Right now, they're on uh, Hollywood Reporter's list for Oscar contenders, but that list has like over 100 movies on it. So we'll see how they narrow it down. I do want to ask real quick, um, did Telluride show A Star is Born? Because I know that played in Venice, and that got like crazy reviews. I'm uh, 95% sure it wasn't shown. Really? Yeah. Because I know I know Gaga and Bradley Cooper were in Venice and the, mm-hmm. I think that kind of was a big buzz to speak in. That scored really well and I think yeah. that will compete really well with the other Oscar t- contenders. It's mm-hmm. just crazy that like Oscar season is coming up way faster way fast, yeah. than we think. And it feels like it's a little earlier than usual. Like a lot of them, I mean, it's only September and I feel like all these, I mean, most of them haven't been released nationwide yeah they're just going to film festivals so I guess it's guess I just didn't realize it was Oscar season and it gives me something to be hyped up for I know it's right around the corner so we'll see we'll see how they do awesome right so moving on to box office yeah my story is about Crazy Rich Asians and how it now is the most one of the most profitable rom-coms only ever beaten by Silver Linings Playbook that's kind of got a more of a dramedy tone. That is true. Uh, it also killed Labor Day. It's got the highest rating, uh, highest gross for a comedy, beating 2015's Amy Schumer's Trainwreck. Wow. <laughs> right. That was a good. But I kind of moving moving more in like the broader sense. Right. Rom coms are back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And diverse cast work. Yeah. Right? That's, that's a, a good sequel thing. for for the movie has already been confirmed. They're already moving already. Right? Yeah, already. Right. Well, when you make 117 million domestic, that's true. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to make a sequel. I mean, will it be as good as the first one? It, the budget was 30 million. I don't see. Really? It. Yeah. So there's no like, okay. and that's. I mean, even you double it for you know adding yeah. marketing, it's mm-hmm. still a nice profit. That's. I mean. Yeah. That's interesting. What did it, do you know what it competed against? So uh, Meg did really well. It got second. Uh, <laughs> and third, I, third or fourth was the new Oscar Isaac movie. Operation Finale. Operation Finale. It yeah. didn't do as, I think, as well as expected. Or no. at least it, like, <laughs> when I see Oscar Isaac, I guess the Star Wars has me thinking that, you know, he, yeah, anything, he is bankable now. But <laughs> yes, that it, automatically anything he's in is going to be good, but not this I time. I mean, he's good in every movie. But <laughs> oh, yeah. But he uh, alone can't pull the weight, so. That's true. Uh, and then fifth, still maintaining, is the new Mission Impossible movie. Hey. Okay. I mean, just how long that thing can run in a theater. But I used to work in the theater, and sometimes you'll be surprised. Movies will be in there for months, and they're not going to pull them out as long as it's selling. So, 
yeah, really. Avengers might still be in theaters in some places. Well, I mean, like, the yeah. longer you're out, that more that theater banks on that rental. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, for sure. For sure. Have any of you guys seen Crazy Rich Asians yet? I have not. I know. Uh, wow. Like, <laughs> sorry to disappoint our fans. But, I mean, like, it's doing well. I think yeah. it's, as far as, like, the business side, that's at least interesting, right? It's, yeah. I mean, the kind of the idea or the fear that you can't have diverse cast. Yeah. This clearly is proof positive. You can't. That, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I mean... I heard Constance Wu is really good in Crazy Rich Asians too. She's she plays the main character whose mm-hmm. name I don't know. I'm sorry. She's but, and she's also the mom in Fresh Off the Fresh Boat. Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely could see her like pulling off. Like, and then they supported that new uh, kind of unfriended like movie Searching. Oh god. Starring, yeah, that's right with John Cho, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so they actually, some of the cast went and bought bought tickets to kind of show support. Oh. And that movie did pretty well, too. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it, it expanded, I think, to about a thousand, that one, you know, 1,200 theaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. And I've even seen, like, unusual thing promoting it, like podcasts and, like, true crime stuff, like, really promoting searching. Well, so. the, I think a lot of that has to do with there's, like, kind of a, a local news element, and mm-hmm. they go for this realism I think that helps kind of define yourself, right? We're coming, yeah. we're getting back to genres. We haven't seen like we've been. It's been superhero for so long. Yeah. Now we're like rediscovering things. Yeah, I think definitely bringing back the rom. I love a good rom com, so I, I really want to see this movie. And I think it's interesting that like in Labor Day weekend, like that's when a rom com like can shine. Usually we see these movies like earlier in like January or February, like during Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. But now you can just. Put a rom com. I think it, it was released two weeks ago. It was. It's been. It's no, it's been. It's been at four because it's been oh, at wow. top for four weeks. I guess so. It, oh, it, oh yeah, it's been out for a while. So yeah, it's definitely nice to see. Like you can just put a rom com in theaters in August and it can still do as well. Mm-hmm. An interesting question, and this brings up a whole new thing. I don't even know if we want to dissect it, but let's do it anyways. We have time. <laughs> Would this be placed in the new Oscar category for best? Most popular. Or most popular. Most I don't. I don't. I don't film. think so. Right. You don't think so. I don't. It, but like, because it's more, it's successful, but it's not most popular ca- category. Okay. I also don't think the Academy's there yet. They need some baby steps. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like because it's gained so much notoriety because of its diversity. I think maybe the Academy might feel kind of compelled to put it in the new category. But they're not going to nominate it for something like Best Picture oh, no. or Best Screenplay no. or anything like that. Like, not, none of the major categories. But, like, most popular just because people are going to give them a lot of crap if they don't. So It's possible. Well, it's going to be the next Marvel movie or it's going to be yeah. or it's going to be the next Star Wars. That's what's going to take it. Or the, even Black Mission Panther. Impossible. No. No. Because no one wants to have... Uh, Tom Cruise up there talking about Scientology. Well, that's true. No jumping on couches, please. <laughs> but... I, I don't know. I would hope that I would hope that Crazy Rich Agents does get the rec- recognition it deserves. But like in the new Oscar category, for example, like I'm assuming Black Panther is going to be there. But oh, I would sure. even I would even go so far as to nominate it for Best Picture. Like Black Panther was that good, and it I think it should be more recognized technically and production wise than just because it made a lot of money. It's possible. Crickets. No, I'm, I'm thinking about it, right? But I don't, I don't fully know if Black Panther's like best movie material, like because like it's more drama. I, like, yeah, have to win. no issues are. I, no, I mean, but no, but like, okay, so but if you nominate it, that's almost worse, right? Because it's like if you get sit in the best best movie picture, 
you know, it's not going to win. But you're like, it needs a slot. Oh, right. Okay, so I I almost brought this in for my article today, and obviously we're kind of going off a different topic, but it's okay because we love this stuff. Um, That Remember in 2010, they jumped up the movies that came Best Picture. It used to be five until 2010. Mm -hmm. And then it's when Toy Story 3, like, got nominated, too, for, like, Best Picture and all that. So, like, it's interesting that they jumped up 10. So, like... Who knows? I think there obviously there could be possibly twenty films nominated, like ten for <laughs> popular and ten for best picture, and I just don't know if I like that. Well, I guess no, but going, uh, going off of that, it'd be interesting to see the shift from do we go back to five? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Now that we have this popular division, do right. we not, that would be nice, right? So because think about it, there's there's some in that group that you know aren't going to win. Oh, for right? sure, because they're like, oh, this was put here so um, like this generation would watch the show. To see if they win, but if you've watched it for more than a year or two, you're like, that's never gonna win. Mm-hmm. I know this audience, that audience doesn't know what the what we're talking yeah. about. Let's <laughs> be real, like last year we all knew like Phantom Thread wasn't gonna win. We oh, all knew yeah. Darkest Hour wasn't gonna win. Like, yeah, they could definitely like squeeze it down to five, like mm-hmm. and then have another five for like popular for mm-hmm. sure. And I think it would attract two different kind of like groups of people because you yeah. have there's people who prefer, like, action superhero movies, and then you have those people who prefer more of, like, the aesthetically pleasing Yeah, that's, that's well. yeah. 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 And all that. Right, anything else you want to add from your articles? I know we kind of, like, went a little off topic for a bit. <laughs> no, I think we're ready to see what we're excited about. We're yeah. getting count. We've been gone all summer. Yeah. So I want to know, what have, what have y'all been watching? Okay. Um, I'll go first. This summer, I watched um, Barry. With oh, Bill oh, here, and um, it's about this guy who is like a hunter. Okay, not, he, I wouldn't say he's like assigned to like take down other people, and he gets he's, a. Well, he's a former Navy SEAL yeah. or Marine. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He then comes back after going over to the Middle East. Yeah, and his he kind of becomes a hired assassin. Yeah, and, yeah, and then once and then decides to have a change of life and, beca- and become an actor, actor in LA. You know what? That's kind of nice. It just shows that, who knows, you might find your talent like anywhere else. You just don't know unless you check it out. <laughs> um, but I love Bill Hader. I love Henry Winkler's performance. Uh, and Bill Hader got nominated for Best Actor, I believe, for the Emmys. For the Emmys. Good yeah, for him. So that will be kind of nice to see uh, where he goes from there. He's just talented and funny and just love the cast and I know Richard and I can relate very much because (laughs) last semester we took a directing class where we directed actors and some of those characters we might find relatable (laughs) to other characters in our class and we'll just like go from that um so that was probably my favorite show I watched this summer and then I just love the movie eighth grade I don't know if you've all seen it yet I haven't haven't seen it yet but I've heard it's really good Bo Burnham does a great job with the directing um that actress she is just so relatable like i was watching that movie and i was just like oh my god i relate to everything that's how like, do you feel oh. about the r rating because i know like he, he had that one release where they, yeah. like, they wanted to have a no parent thing and like it defeats the per like if you it's a movie about eighth graders and you can't come in without a parent <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely like i'm glad they did it i totally can understand why there was an r rating there was just some scenes where i just know people like, parents wouldn't really approve if their kids saw it, but, like, that's in the life of an eighth grader. Like, mm-hmm. come on, y'all. I mean, so you found it, like, a realistic, like, it's, it was so it's realistic. the stuff that even we don't tell our parents, but yeah. we all know we did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I'm glad they did that release, uh, for sure, but, like, I totally understand the art writing and just, like, 
the structure of the film, I liked it. Very A24 film, ladybird type mm-hmm. looking, a young, relatable. Like, I just love how, like, kind of films can twist a movie to relate to not only the eighth graders, but just, like, our generation, too. Because, like I said, we just look at this kind of film and we just find it so relatable and funny and just have a good time at the theaters. That's all you need sometimes. So, yeah, that's kind of my buzz. So anyone else want to share anything they've been up to this summer? Uh, well, this summer I didn't get around to watching a lot. I was on a trip with my family, so we just skipped movies and TV altogether, that's which hard. is okay. But when I came back, I kind of got caught up, and um, I actually been more to the movies than I have I think all year. So um, the first one I watched was Black Klansman, Spike Lee's nice. new film. I really liked it. I thought it yeah. was funny. I thought it was like, I thought it was just flat out very entertaining. And I loved, loved um, the John David Washington, Adam Driver pair. I thought they were hilarious together. They were really well together. I love that third cop that's in there too when they're doing the, like when they're getting ready for the scene and he's getting into the acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. His yeah. partner, Flip's mm-hmm. partner. Oh, like there's so many like good just dynamics. Yeah. Especially... You know he's Steve Buscemi's brother, right? Oh, I can see it. I, I saw <laughs> him on the screen. I'm like, that's not, it can't, he looks just like him though, Like, but it can't be, and like Googled him and that's him. It's his brother. Have you seen Do the Right Thing before? Yes. Okay, yes. in that movie, it, like, it kind of is like the reminiscent of it. You have a lot of these mm-hmm. kind of still shots. Camera kind of rolls in. It's more interested in faces. And mm-hmm. that, but it's like at the end of this movie, you're more optimistic than do the right thing. Oh, totally. And then yeah. he pulls that rug right out from under oh, you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that last five minutes. is just... Yeah, it's cinematic gold. I would say. I mean, those that small diss. I think I'm, I'm with I'm with the high fives right up. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yep. with it. My mm-hmm. audience was. We were all. I saw it in a, like half full, three fourths full theater. Uh-huh. Everyone was feeling it. Yeah, and then, and, and, and we all walked out feeling just kind of had a little like. Uh, oh, but man. like it's still I love it it was a great movie yeah it was a really yeah, good movie yeah it's definitely on my on my list I love Adam Driver and I think if you can see it in the theater still that's okay. worth it more than like streaming it later I think an audience is better like, yeah cause I found like the first maybe like the first five ten minutes there was um people didn't know we could laugh at everything yet uh huh and then that Alec Baldwin sequence was really awkward so oh no I like, oh, see no. I, I, I started to laugh right away cause mm-hmm. it, like it's so it's like a Tim and Eric sketch yeah. Right. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like you get to see behind the curtain, and he's just mm-hmm. like, and and then he <laughs> just oh, grows. God. Yeah. And it just really grows. Yeah. And thanks to watching Black Klansman, I started looking at uh, into Spike Lee's work that I hadn't seen before, and I got really into She's Got to Have It. And I really like the story. It's from 1986. It's Spike Lee's first uh, feature film, and. Um, I loved, loved that he this year decided to turn She's Gotta Have It into a Netflix show. And so what you see in about an hour and a half to two hours with this girl and having this really confusing um, problem of choosing between three guys is now expanded into 10 episodes in Netflix. So you can see like a lot better what she goes through in her process and what she is feeling for these people. And so I really liked his work. I really liked, um, I really liked exploring the She's Gotta Have It world. Yeah, I I haven't I, I'm I need to watch more Spike Lee. I mean honestly <laughs> oh, it's good. honestly like, yeah. I've seen Malcolm X and I've mm-hmm. seen Bamboozle, but that's basically on my Spike Lee repertoire. But that that really sounds interesting. I didn't know they did that. Um for sure. 
I mean, I kind of watched. I watched a couple duds, you know, <laughs> mostly in the theaters. <laughs> Jurassic World two. Hey. I mean, other ones. The purge was the new purge was okay, but nothing. I mean, it's the same movie four times. Yeah. This one, it's on Manhattan. Great. Um, Great. One movie I did see, uh, I saw the Under the Giant documentary on HBO. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And it's kind of this look at the, it's more of a wrestling story of watching these kind of original wrestlers, how much like strain they put on their body, the, the act of a showman wearing it all. And then also how kind he was. Like you see all these interviews of like Vince McMahon and people who were like his aides around and how just how kind duty was. And like Rob Reiner has a great talk when he was on um, The Princess Bride. Yes. He could barely walk. Really? He was he was drinking every night just the same level he was drinking when he was performing. Oh, I mean, they the the scene where he brings the horses, the four horses that they mm-hmm. re- rescued Princess Buttercup, he yeah. couldn't ride the horse. He's supposed to ride it. He can't get it. He can't get his body up. Like it's Oh my and, goodness. And, and like you like I remember he's this kind of friendly, lovable giant. Like yeah. he's a kind man. You can see yeah, it. It yeah. shines through. And watching him kind of this more very human side is very was very touching. That's why I love like I think documentaries are definitely coming on the rise now. I think we will definitely see so many more. But what, like you mentioned, I love like a documentary that shows a whole different side of someone because like yeah. the media portrays people as like a certain thing, but like once you kind of dig deeper, like a different type of media will portray someone as someone else. And it's just nice to like hear other people's stories and like see where they come from. So that's Wow, I definitely want to check that one out now. <laughs> That's definitely like HBO. Luckily, like TCU students like have it for free here. So who knows? I might just be running to my HBO account like after this. Right now. Honestly. Cool. Um, I think that's basically all we have time for today. Um, thank you guys so much. This was our first show ever, and we were so excited to uh, get it rolling with y'all. Feel free to um, – we have a Twitter account now, so um, at FrogFlix. F-R-O-G-F-L-I-X. Like Netflix, but frog. Flix. <laughs> and so feel free to like leave your comments. I'm sure we'll be very interactive with y'all. And yeah, that's it. Do you guys want to add anything else? No. Just thanks for listening. Come yeah. back. See you next time. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.